Welcome to the Relationship Church Podcast. There are so many voices in our world. The news, social media, blogs, talk shows, so many competing influencers vying for our attention. In today's message, listen, our pastor, Ryan Neal, teaches us what it means to hear and challenges us to examine what we listen to. them through the rest of uh probably through the rest of next month as well we are uh going into our wisdom series or our real wisdom series uh so last week we uh just as a quick recap we talked about fearing the lord fearing the lord and we're talking about a healthy fear of god not a a reverential fear not a fear of being afraid uh but a fear of god from the standpoint that we understand that he is our maker, he is our creator, he is our savior, but he's also our Lord, uh, and that we are to obey him uh, above all else. He, we do not take the word of God. I didn't mention this last week, but it always makes me think of Romans chapter number one, where it says that they took the wisdom of God and made it into the image of corruptible man. Uh, but we don't do that. What we need to know and what fearing the Lord is about is believing that the word of God is true, believing that the word of God usurps everything else, that it trumps everything else. It trumps anything that man has to say. And that's why we have to know in our heart what the word of God is. We have to know in our mind what is the word of God. We have to have read the word of God, studied the word of God, studied the Bible says to show ourselves approved unto God. And so that is what we're talking about. We're talking about wisdom. We're talking about um, we're talking about fearing the Lord. And then this week, uh, I just want to talk to you uh, from again wisdom. But if I had to give just a one word title, it would just be listen, listen. Okay. So we're going to go back into the book of Proverbs, chapter number one, and we're going to start reading with verse number eight. And I'm going to take it a little bit, bit by bit. So we won't read yet, but you can put your finger there. We'll be in in Proverbs, chapter number one. Uh, beginning with verse number eight, we end with verse seven last week. Um, and so that is where we are going to go this week. Uh, so um, so we're given wisdom uh, all throughout the book of Proverbs, of course, and we've gotten some good wisdom about fearing the Lord just in the first few verses and understanding the book of Proverbs. One tells us that in verse number seven, that fearing the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, and so that is where we start. If you don't have a fear of God, if you don't have uh, a respect for the word of God, and that's probably a better way to put it in our day and time is a respect for the word of God. If you don't have that respect for the word Word of God, then it is impossible to actually have real biblical wisdom, okay? So we're given wisdom all throughout the scripture, and this same wisdom is what's personified in Christ. One thing about Jesus is that Jesus was so very wise. He was so very wise. I was actually having a conversation yesterday with Jessica, and I was talking to her about everything going on with the election and uh, just the craziness of, of what's going on right now. And I told her, I said, you know, it's really interesting and 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 I don't get into politics in this uh, in in this uh, you know in this church or in this particular uh, venue. I don't I don't get into politics. But it was interesting to me. I told her that you know so many people just assume that you know uh, as Christians we're supposed to vote this certain way. 
because this particular candidate supposedly uh, has these Christian values, which I don't agree with necessarily. But what I was telling her and the point that I made to her is I said, you know, it's interesting to me that I said, I would love to know what Jesus really would say if he were here, because the wisdom that Jesus personified uh, was just so amazing. And, and I mean, just so many times where they thought they were going to confound Jesus or they thought that they were going to uh, be able to say something and trip him up, you know, well, what's the greatest commandment? But he had an answer. Well, you know, they say we're supposed to pay taxes to Caesar and he's got an answer for that uh, because he they were trying to play on the fact that, you know, tithes should be given to the Levites versus taxes to Caesar. But Jesus had an answer for everything that they said and he confounded them. And so this same wisdom that is in the book of Proverbs is personified in the life of Christ. Jesus always had an answer. He was always prepared. And the reason for that was because he was always in the face of God. He was always in prayer. He knew the word of God, just like when the enemy came to him, just in a, uh, in a type and shadow of the Garden of Eden, how the enemy came to uh, the uh, to Eve through the serpent. When the enemy came to Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, Jesus was able to come back with the word of God. And even when the enemy came at him with something that seemed to be the word of God, that he was misaligning or not giving to him properly, Jesus knew how to turn that thing right back around and he knew how to rightly divide the word of truth. And that is really the beginning of wisdom. So today I wanna to talk to you about listening, listening. Um, if I told you all, um, that I hear voices, uh, you guys would probably look at me like I was crazy, right? And say, okay, well, you know what, pastor just needs to be committed because, you know, he's saying that he hears voices. Uh, but, but if I could tell you the truth, I do hear voices. And, and you hear voices as well. We hear voices day in and day out. There are so many things, there are so many um, um, uh, voices, so many uh, positions that are coming at us and trying to tell us how to live our lives, what we should do, what we should say, how we should act. And those voices come through so many different things, so many different ways. It comes through the music that we listen to. It comes through the movies that we watch. It comes through the people that we have relationships with. It comes through um, um, just the associations that we keep, whether it's our family, whether it's our friends. Uh, all of those things culminate together. And those are the voices that we hear. Okay, and when we hear a voice over and over and over again, we'll end up listening to that voice if we're not careful. And so that's why we have to be careful what we allow to come into us, what voices we allow ourselves to hear, because those voices that we continually hear will eventually be the direction that we take. So there's so many voices in this world. This world is filled with voices and ideas. And that's why last week we had to make it important and understand that it was paramount that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The beginning of wisdom is respect for the word of God. Because if we're gonna put the word of God on top, then that becomes our benchmark. So then any other voice that we hear falls under that. We don't listen to that no matter if something conflicts with the word of God, then we go for the word of God. We don't go for that other voice, no matter whether that voice sounds good to us or not. You know, it, it might, it might, um, it might make sense based on uh, man's wisdom. It may make sense based on the fact that this is 2020 and the Bible was written thousands and thousands of years ago. But the thing about the word of the Lord is that the word of the Lord does not change. Because God does not change, we are not consumed. Because truthfully, we are alive because of promises that God made to other folks. 
We sometimes are blessed because of the promises that God made in the past without uh, taking into account how we would necessarily act. He looks beyond our faults and he sees what we need. He looks beyond our faults and sees our heart and knows that we can be saved and decides not to allow us to die, but allow us to live. So that word of God, that enduring word of God that you can't mess up, that I can't mess up, that no matter what you do, no matter how you act, no matter where you go, no matter the, the actions that you take, God is saying, I am still faithful to my word because if I said it, then I've got to perform it. He said, I have exalted my word above my name, he said in the book of Proverbs, which means that he will do what he said he's going to do because his name is put on the line. Have you ever had to do something that you didn't even necessarily want to do after the fact, but you had to do it just because you said that you were going to do it? Well, that's God uh, even more than what we can understand, because sometimes when we don't feel like it, we still won't do it. But God said, if I said that I was going to do it, then I've got to perform it. So knowing that, knowing that, knowing that the word of God does not change because of the very nature of who God is, then that is what we have to base our conduct on because the things of this world are forever changing. The, the, uh, I was listening to something uh, earlier this week and it was talking about uh, the Pope and how the Pope had changed around some things with regards to uh, what he believed and truthfully some of the uh, things that he was saying were going against the word of God. But I'm glad that I serve a God and I don't serve a man because God does not change his word and I don't care what the Pope says and I don't care what the top bishop says and I don't care what the Cardinal says. All I care about is what does the word of the Lord say? And so the Bible tells us, it tells us, it tells us that we, in hearing all these voices, have to understand that our benchmark is the voice of the Lord. The only thing that we are trying to get our conduct to subscribe to is the word of God. We don't care what Wendy Williams says. We don't care what, I'm about to date myself and say, Ricky Lake. We don't care what Ricky Lake say, Jenny Jones, Sally Jesse Raphael. We don't care what uh, NBC says. We don't care what CNN says. All we care about is what the word of God says because people will begin to change. And even if you follow the lives of some people, they'll change from what they thought at one point in life to what they think a few years later. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't develop and truthfully our mindsets will change the more that we understand the word of God and the more that we dive into the word of God. But knowing that the word of God does not change should give all of you a little bit of peace because you know what's expected of you. You don't have to wonder if you're going to wake up tomorrow and God is going to be a different God. So in hearing all of these voices that we hear, in hearing all of these voices, whether it's music, whether it's movies, you know, the actors and the actresses, the talk show hosts, uh, the, 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 the music artists, no matter what it is, we have to understand and we have to set our minds that the only voice that we are going to listen to, if it conflicts with any other voice, is the voice of the Lord. Amen? Amen. So the word you hear, the word that you hear, the voices you listen to will determine the direction that you will go. The voices that you hear and the things that you decide to listen to will determine the way that you go. This is why I tell you, guard your heart. The, the scripture elsewhere in Proverbs tells us to guard our heart because out of the heart flow the issues of life. That means guard what you allow into your heart. How do things get in our heart? It gets into our heart by what we hear. It gets into our heart by what we see. It gets into our heart by what we say. 
So we've got to guard as much as possible what we listen to. Sometimes I hate even going to the barbershop because I know the music that he's going to be playing. And I don't want to hear that. I don't want that in my spirit. I had another barber. There were times that uh, he's passed away now, but there were times that he'd be playing things on the TV and I'd have to ask him to change it because I don't want to see that. I don't want that in my spirit. I don't want that in my heart. And so I do everything I can to guard my heart or to keep my heart safe from the things that are on the outside. I know it's there, but it don't have to be in here, okay? I'm not ignoring it. I'm not trying to act like it doesn't exist, but I want it to be out there and not in here because I'm in the world, but I don't have to be of the world. One of my old pastors, it was very interesting, especially you see this at bigger churches. And he used to say that sometimes when a new member would join the church, the way that he found out about them and about who they were was not necessarily what he heard about them, not necessarily what they told them about him, themselves, but he said that he would watch who they took association with inside of the church. And if they took association and began to flock to the people that were messy, then he knew that this person was probably likely also messy. And if they flocked to the people who were more pure and more sweet um, and had more of a godly character and characterized the fruits of the spirit, then he knew that that person was more likely somebody that characterized the fruits of the spirit. And I thought that was a very interesting way of looking at things. But truthfully, there is a such thing as guilt by association. There are times that even police officers will make a determination about whether or not to arrest someone if they're not sure whether or not uh, a crime has been committed or if a witness is telling the truth based on who they are associating with, based on what their background is, based on uh, what the background is of the person that they are uh, associating themselves with. And so we have got to be careful the voices that we hear, okay? Now, in verse number eight uh, of the book of Proverbs, chapter one, he says, I'm going to read verse eight. It says, my son, and I love this because basically what we're doing for all my nosy people, we're eavesdropping into a, a, a conversation that a father is having with a son. And that's one good thing about the Bible is it allows us to eavesdrop into conversations that normally we would not be privy to, uh, i.e., when Jesus is talking to the disciples. The multitudes never heard the things that he was saying to the disciples, but because somebody, uh, by the unction of God, began to pin out the words of what Jesus said behind the scenes, we get to know not only what he said to the crowds, but we get to know what he said to his inner circle. And so that's what we're seeing here in the book of Proverbs. So let's read chapter uh, one, verse number eight and nine. It says, my son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. Uh, and so I want to stop there for a moment and I want to talk to you because what he's saying here, the writer of Proverbs, what Solomon is saying here, he's showing us that instruction, godly instruction begins in the home. Okay, he said, don't despise what your mother is telling you. Don't despise the godly instruction of your father and of your mother and allow it be to be something that keeps you in line. Allow it to be something that, that, that keeps you on the straight and narrow, like we talked about last week, the narrow path that might be a little more difficult to follow, but that wide path that everybody wants to take, that swelling path, it leads to destruction. And so what he's saying here is he's saying, I don't want you to, uh, I want you to see, and he's showing us clearly that instruction, godly instruction begins in the home. The home is the primary place for biblical instruction. It's good to have your children in church and indeed it is necessary. I see my kids on here now moving all around and doing whatever they're doing. 
uh, but it's good for children to be in church and it's absolutely necessary. And but but what's more important is what you are teaching your children day in and day out. And so I ask you, for those of you that have children, to pose the question to yourself, what are you teaching your children by what you say to them? What are you teaching your children, more importantly, by what you do? Are they noticing in your conduct the same things that you are teaching them? Okay, because our children will end up becoming, uh, in many ways, replicas of us. And we want our children to grow up and be uh, what God would have for them to be. So we have to make sure, especially when we have children, that the things that we do and the things that we say are matching up. Okay, so he says here in verse number eight, he said to hear my son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. So that word here in the uh, Hebrew means to keep it close, to keep something close to you. So not just to hear it, but it means to obey it not just to hear it, and it says don't forsake it, but what it's saying is don't just get the wisdom, but make sure that the wisdom that you are getting is something that you are listening to, something that you are obeying. And truthfully, I preached a message a while ago uh, called You Have Heard Enough. And, and the whole point of that message is not that we need to stop coming to church and stop listening to the word of God, but the point of that message is that you have already heard enough. If you could never make it to church one more time, if you could never open a Bible again, if some kind of way you were kidnapped and put in some kind of uh, camp where you had the Bible taken away from you and you couldn't read the word of God, you have already heard enough to get you from earth to glory. Because most of us, especially on this call, when I look out to see who's here, either grew up in church or have been in church long enough now that we know the way of God. So we have really already heard enough and it's not that we should stop listening because the world is not gonna stop with their voices. But if we got to a point where we had no access to God and we had no access to church and all we could do is just pray, we couldn't read the word or anything anymore, you have already heard what you need to hear to get you to earth to glory. But what is the key? The key is obey. Be not just hearers of the word, but the Bible says, but be doers also. Many of us go through our whole lives hearing the word, but I'm here to tell you that hearing the word alone is not enough to get you to heaven. Hearing the word alone is not enough to even get you through this life and get you to glory. God is looking for a person who will not just hear, who will not just obey them, obey his words with their lips and say it with their mouth, but that their heart will begin to will begin to become molded to the word of God and that they will obey the word of God, okay? And then here's the next thing in verses number 10 through 19, and I won't read these because I really wanna get this one point into you. If you don't hear anything else, the point that I want you to get and to understand is to hear the word of God and understand, understanding hearing the word of God as obeying the word of God. But what I would ask for you to do at some time today, but when we get off of this line, is for you to read the book of Proverbs chapter one, verses nine through 33 or verses eight through, through 33. I wrote, read eight and nine for you, but read through 33. But I wanna jump down into verses 10 through 19. And in verses 10 through 19, he talks about hearing the stupidity of folly. Hearing the stupidity of folly. Now, this is what I like about, this is what I like about this. He did not attempt, when you read through this scripture, verses 10 through 19, if you're taking notes to read this later. In verses 10 through 19, he did not attempt to as a father talking to a son, he did not attempt to act as though the voices of the world were not there. He did not attempt to act as though um, 
um, that there wasn't a wicked world out there. And sometimes what ends up happening is that we try to teach our children and we teach our children by trying to shelter them from certain things that we should allow them to understand age appropriate is there, but understand and explain to them why the way that this per person is taking, why the way that uh, these individuals are going are the way of folly, why these things are not smart but he doesn't try to shelter him from the world like it doesn't exist. And, and sometimes if we're not careful, we shelter our children too much. And then when they get older, they actually turn away because all they ever heard was what we said. And we never let them see that there was more out there. But true wisdom in training your children, true wisdom in life is to understand that there is something more out there. I remember back in the day, the, the old folks used to say, Ain't nothing in the world. Ain't nothing in the world. And I used to always hear that. Ain't nothing in the world. Ain't nothing in the world. Uh, but truth be told, there's a lot of things in the world. And a lot of it is very tempting. A lot of it is very enticing. But the thing about it is that there is nothing in the world worth losing your soul over. Okay, but we have to understand that there are some things in the world and all of the things that the devil offers are not all uh, 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 something that 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 makes you turn up your nose. Some of it is stuff that you might very well want to do. And so we don't want to train our kids making them think that there's just absolutely nothing out there, okay? We want to show them, again, age appropriate, that there are some things out there in the world that are enticing. There are some things out there in the world, but then what do we do? We bring them back here, verses 15 through 17. He tells them that path that, path that they're taking leads to destruction. Verses 17 through 19, he says, their promises are never kept. They don't keep their promises. They talk and they speak great swelling words, but their promises are never kept. And then in verses 11 and through 14, he tells us that their plans always break down. The things that they plan for themselves, they always break down because man plans his way, but what God orders his steps. So we want them to understand that there are things out there, but we want to, un to understand and have the wisdom to know that there is folly in the things of the world. There is folly in trying to have a life apart from God. Hallelujah. But he's not just concerned with his son following the ways that he teaches him. He's concerned with him developing wisdom. And that is what we want to teach in our children. And that is what we want to learn for ourselves is to develop wisdom. Amen. We want to develop wisdom in the ways of God. You can do... Um, uh, it, it's good to have obedient children, amen? I think any parent out there will say it's, it's obedient. I mean, it's good to have obedient children. Uh, it, it's a blessing, you know, to tell them to do something and they do it, right? Because we have their best interest at heart. However, we don't just want obedient children. We want children that begin to develop in the ways of wisdom. And so it gets to a point where now, not only do they listen to what I tell them, but I don't even have to tell them everything because they begin to develop wisdom for themselves. And now they are learning how to make righteous decisions on their own. And that is what the Holy Ghost comes to do in our lives. Amen. In the Old Testament, they had 613 Old Testament laws and you just do it, you do it, you do it, you do it. And they got so used to just doing it that it became something that you just do. And it wasn't really a way of life or a way of allowing the, the, the spirit of God to work through them. It was just something that, well, if you do these things, then you're okay. And that's how you're going to get eternal life. And so that's why when Jesus came, he turned things upside down because he began to tell them, it's not just about what you do, but it's about what is in your heart. 
It is about what is in your heart. And he says that the heart is evil and wicked and no man can know it. So the way that we know that we are gods is because God has regenerated our spirit man. He has regenerated our heart. And now instead of just being obedient children, we are living out uh, the plans that God has for our life because of the love that we have for him. We're not just obeying because he says, do this. We're not just obeying because he says, do that. We are doing it because we say, you know what? I want to please the Lord. Hallelujah. I, that is my prayer for everyone that is under the sound of my voice today is that we get to the point where we say, I want to please the Lord. I don't care what anybody around me is doing. I don't care what my friends are doing. I don't care where they're going. I don't care what they're saying. I have a desire to please the Lord. The Lord has done so much for me. And, and, and if you really think back about the things that God has done for you, the things that he has allowed to happen in your life, you will begin to see and understand the love that God has for you. And that love, the scripture teaches us, that love is what is supposed to bring us to the point of obedience. It brings us into obedience, not out of obedience sake, but out of the love that we have for God because of how he loved us. And when we see the way that he's aligned our life, even the times where we think all hell is breaking loose, God had our back. God had us set up from the beginning. God blessed us. He helped us. He, he, he has literally orchestrated every part of our life to bring us to where we are today. And when we see the great love, the song says, oh, what love he has for me, that he would give his life. He gave his life for us saints. And when we understand that and we see the ways of the world and we see the ways of the things of the world, then we begin to understand the love that God has for us. And we begin to get to the place where we say, Lord, I want to obey you because I love you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid, like anxiety afraid. I'm not fearful like the type of fear that, that is anxiety. I'm, I'm fearful from the standpoint that I finally get it, that you are the one to be obeyed. Why am I obeying you? Because you're the only one that's looking out for me. When everybody else forsakes me, I can't get in touch with nobody. I know God is there. God is there. God loves us. And, and, and because of the love that he has for us, we ought to obey him. Amen. So he's telling us here, he says, I don't want you to obey for obedience sake. I want you to obey because you have developed the wisdom to know the love of God. And when you acknowledge that love of God, then you will obey out of your love for him. Amen. Verses 20 through 33, he talks again about hearing the voice of wisdom, the voice of wisdom that cries aloud. Okay. Wisdom is crying, he says, wisdom is crying aloud and leading this son back into the right direction. Just as Christ called us out of wickedness, just as Christ called us out of our foolishness and offered, uh, offered us the opportunity to be saved, that's what's going on here in Proverbs chapter one. Wisdom is crying out to this son and is telling him to come back into the right direction. God is calling us even right now, just as Jesus has called us out of this miserable uh, life that we had before him. And he's saying, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I'm calling you out of wickedness. I'm calling you out of darkness. I'm calling you out of your folly. I'm calling you out of your drama. I'm calling you out of your anxiety. I'm calling you out of your stress. And I'm calling you into what? Into a more abundant life. 
hear the voice of wisdom, saints. Hear the voice of hope. Hear this voice of life, this, this voice of knowledge, okay? And, and, and not just hear it, not just be, the Bible talks about uh, how the person who hears the word of God and doesn't do it, their praise is just like a, a, a noise. It's not something that can even be received by God. It's just noise. And God is saying that I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to reach you here. I'm trying to get you to not just hear my word, but to do my word. I'm trying to get it so deep down on the inside of your heart that you hear it so much that it begins to change who you are. God is looking to change us from the inside out. How does that happen? It happens from constantly hearing the word of God. It comes from constantly listening to the word of God. Take that idle time that you have. Somebody said it was a scripture. It's not a scripture, but it's true that an idle, idle mind is the devil's workshop. Take that time that you have. We live in such an amazing time today. You literally don't even have to post up and just try to read the scriptures all day long. While you're doing whatever you're doing, while you're cooking your food or your meals, whatever, you can get on YouTube and put on a, a, a preacher that you know is preaching sound doctrine. You can get right onto the Bible app and press play and begin to listen to the Bible from Genesis through Revelations or whatever part of the Bible speaks to you. But the important thing is to hear that word. The more that we hear it, the more that we will be inclined to obey it. Because truthfully, we're all very simple people. And, and I know we like to think we're real smart, but every single one of us is simple. And what do I mean by that? If you hear it enough, you'll do it. I really mean that. I really mean that if you hear it enough, you will do it. So why not hear the things of God? Why not hear the voice of truth? Why not hear the voice of wisdom? Everything that you're going through has to do with what you think. Everything that you think has to do with what you hear. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Hear the voice of truth. Hear the voice of wisdom. I want to read this to you uh, as and this is where we're going to close. And I don't know why this scripture is just on my heart. So maybe somebody needs to hear this. I don't even really know exactly how it ties in. It does, but I, I really hadn't had this plan to read. But it's Psalm chapter 73. And I'm going to read the first few verses and then I'm going to skip down to verse 17. It says, truly God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. One, one version says, even to such as are pure in heart, because what was going on here, this is a psalm of Asaph, and Asaph was feeling as though God was only good to the wicked. Right? We just talked about the wicked. It seems like their ways are, are going well sometime, but right there in the first chapter of Proverbs, he tells us that their paths lead to destruction, their promises are not kept, their word means nothing, and that their plans always break down. But in the beginning, sometimes it looks as though the wicked are actually making out pretty good, but that's what Asaph was going through. And he says, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled and my steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the weak, wicked. For there are no pains in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. You ever feel like following God got you in trouble? You trying to do the right thing and it seemed like the wicked are going scot-free? He says, therefore pride, sir, therefore pride serves as their necklace and violence covers them like a garment. 
their eyes bulge with abundance and they have more than their heart could wish. And he goes more and more there into talking about the things that seem so good. And then in verse 16, he says, when I thought how to understand this, how the wicked seemed to be doing so well, it was too painful for me. He says, until what? Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. And the whole point of that scripture there is that he's saying, once I got into the right mind, mind frame, that sanctuary of God that he speaks of doesn't have to be a physical sanctuary per se. And it's unclear whether he's talking about a, a, a physical sanctuary that he walked into, but it was a mindset shift. He got into a mindset where he realized that only the things of God really matter. There is an end to, there is an end that leads to destruction of the wicked. And we don't want to be caught in that. It don't matter how good it looks like they're making out now. You know, your, your friend telling you about how they did this thing on their taxes, which might not have been quite honest, but they got a bunch of extra money and they want you to get in on it. You know, they got this plan and they're like, if you just put in this, then you will get this money out. Or they got some something that somebody's coming to you with, or you just see something that somebody's doing and you say, you know what, I think that'd be real nice if I could get away with it. But you have got to get your mind to the point where you live in that sanctuary of God that he's talking about where you live in that place where you understand that wisdom is the only thing that is going to bring you life and bring you life more abundantly. And then you'll understand the destruction, the utter destruction that the wicked end up in. And the destruction that truth be told, you'll end up in if you decide to take that broad path that leads to destruction. But we're here and we are a church of the narrow way, man. We are a church of, of it may not be easy, but it'll be worth it. We're a church of believing the word of God, even when it seems like the word of God is not getting you to the place that you want to get to, because we what? We trust God. Because why? Because we have a fear of God, and that fear helps us to know, to understand, to realize that God is to be trusted, and that his word will stand forever. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Father, we come before you, God. We thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word that you gave us on this afternoon. Lord, we ask you, Lord Jesus, to help us not only to hear the voice of wisdom, Lord God, but to obey, to obey, Lord Jesus, from me to everybody else under the sound of my voice, Lord Jesus, help us to obey you, God. Give us the grace, the strength, oh God, the wisdom to obey your word, to not just hear your word, but to be doers of your word. God, someone who comes to church and just hears the word and never does it is just wasting their time. There's so much more that we could be doing if we were just here to hear, God, but we're here to obey. We want to hear you, God. We want to obey you. And God, we give you praise. We give you honor and we give you glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.